Welcome to Ghost Gaze, a hauntingly gay podcast. Welcome to Ghost Gaze. This is Carson. And I'm Colleen. And together, we are the Ghost Gaze. In person. In person. Live. For the first time in months and months and months, we yeah. are recording together in person again. I think it was like, this is our second episode, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we normally do this virtually. Yeah. I think the last actual place that we went to was the, maybe the, the Ipsy Rippy, Ipsy Rippy. <laughs> the Yippy Ripper. The Yippy. <laughs> yes. Yes, the Ipsilani Ripper, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we recorded in person for, like, your bachelor party, but I don't really think that counts. No, as you can remember from the beginning of that episode, we were hammered. <laughs> it was your bachelor party. Mm-hmm. We went to the cabin. Yeah, it was great. Like, we didn't have to drive. It was fine. It was fine. We were just like, shit, we got to record this thing. And then we got really drunk. <laughs> we decided to do it then. Um, so if you have been following our Instagram, you know you're putting out hints as to kind of like <laughs> where we were going, what we were doing. I think we probably mentioned it in the episode before if you listened. <laughs> but we, um, as you, yeah, yeah, we posted photos. There was um, the photo of the house and a picture of lasagna. <laughs> I was very proud of you for not calling her lasagna while we were standing mm-hmm. in her living room this time yeah i was like i want to do it so bad it was a larger group of people i think everybody else would have been a little <laughs> upset <laughs> it was great it was um, great as we okay so for those of you who don't know we went to the lizzie borden house yeah again. yes we loved it it was amazing um yeah, it was fun alex got hit on <laughs> <laughs> that's right your husband like my, my, Almost found the side hoe here in yeah, some, some little hoe was trying to pick up my husband, and then I sat next to my husband and called him baby, and then the guy stopped talking to Alex. My guy. Bitch put a ring on it. So, yeah, we went to the Lizzie Borden house, and we did uh, a little ghost tour. tour of Fall River, and uh, mm-hmm. about, they showed us like where Lizzie's family's owned property. And just a lot of fun stuff, fun, interesting, spooky things along the way. So uh, one thing that I thought was really interesting about the tour was, I, you know, the, the guy was right. Everybody knows Fall River for being like Lizzie Borden town, mm-hmm. right? I did not know that the Eliza Darling murders were literally, like, not only was she a family member of the mm-hmm. Bordens, but it was literally right next door. Yeah, I had no idea. I knew about the story. I knew I knew that, but yeah. I literally had no idea it was next door. Right. And so, related. And related. For those of you who don't know, uh, Eliza Darling, uh, Eliza Darling Borden, um, she was a woman who lived in the house next door before Andrew Borden moved in. Yeah, I think it was 40 years prior. Yes. Um, but she. They're saying now, uh, like researchers say that it must have been in a like postpartum depression fugue state that she did this. But she, it wasn't all of her children. It was two of her children. No. The tour oh, guide said I, that it was for all of them, but I looked it up last night. Her. Yes. Okay. So, um, it, she took two of her children mm-hmm. and she dropped them into the cellar. Is that what? Um. 
I think there. I, I think what he meant by that was there was because like, I know she drowned them, but I think so was there like was a like well. a well in the cellar. I okay. think that's what he was saying. So she dropped them into like the well in, but like through the cellar shaft. So they fell. They fell essentially like twenty feet into mm-hmm. this well, and they couldn't get back out because they were children. Yeah, of course. And after realizing what she did, like they said that she must have realized after she dropped the second child, she realized what she was doing. Yeah. Her third child was left to survive, but she went upstairs and slashed her throat with her husband's uh, straight razor. Yeah. Swing style. Yes. And then I think it was maybe a couple of years after that incident. He also killed himself. Oh, really? Yeah. And so they only had the one child left surviving. She, like, went to live with aunts and uncles somewhere. Mm. And they were just kind of hopeful that she would never grow up to remember the horrors yeah. of went on. But, um, yeah, that was, like, another freaky coincidence of something that happened directly relating to the Bordens, not only in where they lived, but, like, their literal family. Yeah. Like, that was crazy. Like, so weird. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. It was it was a really fun opportunity to go there again with my best friend, but also with my husband, who does not like spooky things. And I thought it was really funny because I was like, I don't know if you're going to get scared. I don't know if you're going to get spooked, but too bad. <laughs> We're doing this. And <laughs> <laughs> if you get spooked and you're scared, we can cuddle at night. But you're doing this. You're doing this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really fun. I'm glad we got to tour there, and I'm glad we got to walk around this, the town a little bit because we, I think it might have been raining when we went mm-hmm. last time, so I don't think we really walked around. It was a little rainy this time, too, but, like, it was warmer than mm-hmm. it was last time, yeah. which is so weird because the, summer, the last right? time we went, yeah, it was in the middle of summer, Yeah, but it was such, like, a weird, odd, like, out of nowhere, 50 degree, like rainy day, like yeah. right in the middle of July. Yeah. Yeah, that was so wild that we would go in October, the day before Halloween, <laughs> the night before Halloween, and it was like 55 degrees outside. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Um, I want to talk a little bit about our tour guide. Yes. His name was Ryan. He was hilarious. He grew up in Fall River. He went to the high school. Yeah. The the I don't remember the name of the high school, but it was a ridiculous <laughs> name. And they have a clock tower on the high school. That was really cool. Very buffer, Buffy, Buffer? Buffer. Very, like, Sunnydale, Buffy Summers vibe yeah. kind of a school. Like, yeah, it's really smaller, cool. but, mm-hmm. like, it had that oh, yeah. Sunnydale vibe to it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he grew up here, and it's only natural that he become part of the Lizzie Borden tour. I think he said he's been working there for about five years. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you do get a chance to go, I recommend seeing if you can have Ryan as your tour guide. I don't know if there's others or not, but I don't know. He was really fun. He was so surprised that we had no questions. Yeah, constantly checking in. We didn't have any questions. He was like, you guys doing okay then? Like, are There you- was a lot of high people on the tour. They <laughs> were like openly you, vaping. Yeah, and for those of you who don't know, it's in Massachusetts where it's, you know, recreationally legalized. I, I mean, they were openly vaping yeah, on the was street like- <laughs> <laughs> So I'm pretty sure everyone was just really high. Yeah, so... Basically, what we're saying is we loved our tour guide. And He's amazing. I think we were going to email them and see if Ryan may want to come on here at some point and yes, talk to us. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think it would be great. Hopefully, he says yes. <laughs> Hopefully. Um, with that, though, do you want to kind of, like, delve into the Lizzie Borden 
um, story. Story. Can you give us an overview of the story a little bit? So for those of you who aren't super familiar. Yes. Okay. So um, for those of you who are, who are unfamiliar with the Lizzie Borden case, uh, the Bordens were a family that lived in Fall River uh, in the 18, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, Andrew Borden was a man who, like, he kind of came from nothing. You know, his family was very poor. He was a pull yourself up by the bootstraps and make your own life kind of a man. Yeah. And he did. Like, he made a lot of money. Um, He, our sugar guy talked about this, but he got into, like, the casket game and the mortuary business. Mm -hmm. And he, like, was the man in town to kind of help families lead their, like, loved ones to the other side. OG Jeffrey Bezos. I mean... (laughs) He wasn't taking anybody to space, but... Right. He was also equally awful. Equally awful. He screwed over a lot of people in the process. There were a lot of, like, lumber farmers Mm -hmm. that he, like, completely fucked them over and stole their property because he needed that wood to make his caskets. Mm -hmm. And so, like... um, Anyways, so, like, Andrew Borden, he... Didn't like his daughters wanted for nothing mm-hmm. in the sense of they had a nice house and they had a, a respectful name for themselves in mm-hmm. this town. But he was very frugal in the sense that like indoor plumbing was very popular for high society people mm-hmm. like they would have been. And he viewed it as unnecessary. Like it was um, just a luxury that like, you know, they didn't need that. They didn't need that. It was too expensive um it was just too flashy it was too showy like he was such a strong devout man of faith as Mm -hmm. well that he was like when comes time to pass on to heaven like we're not gonna be able to take any of our earthly possessions kind of a man so while his daughters had like nice dresses and they uh, had a nice home they also would continually like recycle meals Mm -hmm. or eat like moldy stew because weak old mutton Weak old mutton because Andrew Borden couldn't find it in his heart of hearts to buy fucking groceries for his family. Like a crazy person. Like, a lot of people say that he was not a kind man. Mm-hmm. He wasn't patient or anything like that. He was quick to anger um, and was just an overall ruthless businessman. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of problems with their family from the get-go. And when his wife died and he eventually remarried... It said that while Emma was kind of like begrudgingly acceptance and then was excited to have a mother again, Mm -hmm. Lizzie was furious that he remarried and she rejected uh, Abby Borden from the start. She called her Mrs. Borden, would openly disrespect her, Mm -hmm. said that she was not her mother, that it was merely her father's wife, even though she was too young to really remember her own mother. How old was she when they remarried? She was, um, I'm not. Will you look up? Yeah. I know that Lizzie Borden, she was two when her mother died. Mm -hmm. So odds are she was probably too young to remember her mother really at all. She relied on Emma to tell her stories about their mother. Because Emma was nine years older than Lizzie. Yes. So she kind of took on that mother role. She took on that motherly role. Three years later. So Lizzie was five. Yeah. When his her father went on to eventually remarry Abigail, 
she was five years old and <laughs> sorry it's at five and it's just like had an overall very rocky mm-hmm. rough relationship for Lizzie's entire life right Lizzie Andrew Borden was born July 19th 1860 1860 1860 moving forward in their like timeline of mm-hmm. all of this if you flash forward to August 4th, 1892, uh, Lizzie was 32, which would have made Emma uh, 41. She's nine years older? Nine years older. She would have been 41 years old. Okay. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I was just going to say, okay. <laughs> um, so, 1892, Andrew Borden and his wife uh, were found brutally murdered in their home. <gasps> so dramatic (laughs) um abigail was believed to have been like changing sheets in the guest bedroom Mm -hmm. on the second landing of their home and the interesting thing is that when they were doing the autopsy they found one strike like right at her jaw starting at like the base of her ear so she had to have been facing whoever hit her and it yeah. suggested that because she was facing and just, like, standing there before she was struck, she had to have known the attacker. So it said that she was struck once along the side of her jaw, and it was such a hard strike that it spun her clean around, and she landed face down on the ground next to the bed. Yeah. At which point the attacker climbed on top of her and it proceeded to strike her in the back of the head with an axe 17 more times. Yes. Um, and it's like, it was such a brutal murder that they had a hard time, like, making sure that it was even Abigail Borden at first. Like, the reconstruction of the face was so difficult for them. Mm-hmm. It's uh, believed that the murder of Abby Borden happened between 9 and 10.30 in the morning. Oh, okay. Yes. And so, Andrew Borden then return home around 10.30. So, like, if she'd been murdered at 10.30, Andrew Borden got home, like, right as after it mm-hmm. happened. Um, but he got home around 10.30. But when he got home, the interesting thing, and again, the tour guide kind of mentioned this last night, but the door was jammed shut. Somebody had, like, jammed the lock on the door. Mm-hmm. And um, so their maid, uh, Maggie Sullivan, She's trying to unjam the door. It said that she had such a hard time with it that she was even like uttering expletives. Mm-hmm. Expletives. Yeah, like like a little goddammit, like which would have been unheard of for mm-hmm. a help to be swearing around their masters oh, yeah. or whatever. Um, but it took like a minute for him to be able to get in the door. And while Maggie was helping to get the front door open, she's on record talking to the police and saying that. She heard Lizzie laughing on the stairs or the landing behind her. Mm-hmm. It's like um, giggling. Yeah, like giggling. And so the police found that really odd mm-hmm. that she would have just been like standing because I don't know if anybody's been to the Lizzie Borton house, but um, if you go up the front steps, you literally like get to the second landing and you look over and the guest room is right there. Yeah. And there's no way that Lizzie could have been standing on those steps without seeing the body Mm -hmm, exactly so that's a really interesting fact another interesting fact about 
where Lizzie was when her father got home and all of that Mm -hmm. is that when he asks where his wife was, she said, oh, she went to go take care of a sick friend immediately. No hesitation. She had that answer ready. Like, oh, she's just she got a note. Uh, She even turned to the maid and was like, don't you remember? She got a note and she went to go take care of a sick friend. Mm -hmm. And Maggie was like, I I don't remember her leaving. I I don't remember her leaving the house. I don't remember her receiving a note. Which is wild. Mm -hmm. And she also, Lizzie said, I mean, there were so many things that she initially said and then contradicted. But she said things like, well, I was out back in the barn. Or I was in the kitchen. I was in the kitchen. Or I was. And then uh, there was one that was like, oh, I was on the landing. Yeah, there was one where she was like, I was coming down the stairs. Sure. But like she wasn't there when I was coming down the stairs. I heard a lot that she was like, oh, I was ironing. Yeah. That was one of them. She was mm-hmm. in the dining room. She was ironing. Her story changed so many times that it was like hard for the police to keep track mm-hmm. with what she was telling them. If you guys want to listen to like the transcripts or there is a couple podcasts that will do it. Or if you just want to look at them, they're wild. Yeah. A lot of it is the the people interviewing Lizzie just getting frustrated because they're like, what do you mean? This is what you said. What are you talking about? Well, and we'll get into this a little bit later, but um. One of the reasons why the court was able to find her uh, acquitted acquitted was because when she was initially being interviewed um, for like the big, what was it, the inquest, yeah. when they, they brought her in before they sent her to jail, she was being given prescribed doses of morphine. So her defense was not only like she's just a woman, she couldn't do this. A big part of the defense's argument was she's fucked up. Like... She's traumatized. She's been taking morphine. Of course, her story doesn't match up because mm-hmm. she's just a traumatized woman. Yeah. How is she supposed to know her ass from her elbow? Mm-hmm. Like, so that was another that was um, a big argument for the defense team was that she had been taking morphine for the trauma of it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but going back to the murder of her father, because they were so quick, so close together, um, her father got home. He decided to lay down in the sitting room for a nap and to like mm-hmm. read the newspaper just to decompress from his day. And May, um, Lizzie sent Maggie up to her room before lunch and was like, why don't you go get a quick nap? Like, you've done a good hard day's work. Like, go get some rest. And then uh, we'll wake you up for when it's time to prepare us for lunchtime kind of yeah. thing. And um, so we, she went to go to rest up in her room. And just before about 11, 10... Uh, she heard Lizzie calling from downstairs and the uh, quote that's on record is Maggie come quick father's dead someone came in and killed him she it said that she wouldn't let Maggie enter the room which I find suspicious because she was probably covered in blood so she wouldn't let Maggie enter the room she said no go get a doctor go get a doctor I don't want you to see it right and I'm assuming that as Maggie ran across the street and was trying to explain the situation to the mm-hmm. doctor, uh, Lizzie quickly ran upstairs, changed. changed and got herself cleaned up a little bit and yeah. hid the dirty articles of like the murder weapon, the dress. She hid all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he was found slumped over that sitting room couch that they have like the recreation of. Mm-hmm. And he had been hit between 10 and 11 times in the face. Yes. That's awful. Um, and one thing that the the tour guide didn't really talk about, I don't remember. He might have mentioned this, but I think it's interesting that they 
think that he might have opened his eyes at the last second mm-hmm. before that first hit got him because his eyelid was split cleanly in half. Yeah, his eyelid was in half. Was like yes. split in half. His eyelid was like split cleanly in half, but um, like the other one was not, or something. Mm-hmm. It was something about like the eyelid being split in half, where they think that he might have opened his eyes at the last second. Yeah, it's like Lizzie, no. Yeah, <laughs> imagine like. You know that feeling when you wake up in the middle of the night because you think something's staring at you, but there's nothing there? Yes. Imagine waking up from that in your living room, only it's actually your 32-year-old daughter standing above you with a hatchet. Yeah. Like, this is why I'm not having children, because you would probably (laughs) murder me. (laughs) I would murder you if I was your child. Well, thank you. Yeah. Would you murder me if I was your child? Of course. Thank you. (laughs) <laughs> Why do people listen to us? <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so the detectives estimate that uh, Abby Borden's murder happened between 9 and 10.30. Mm-hmm. Andrew Borden's murder was suspected to be at 11 a.m. So between like 9 and 11 Lizzie has overkill murdered both of her parents mm-hmm. and is just like calmly chilling, answering questions from the police, like whatever. But yeah, the point of that is that she did it so fast and like she had to have had plan. Yeah. And going into the plan, and uh, I think this, this is exactly when she started the Hatcher plan, but there was a notable fight between Andrew and Lizzie. A couple of weeks before the murders. Like, it was bad, wasn't it? It was a bad fight. Um, She had just finished building, like, this little pigeon coop in the barn. And Andrew Borden went in with a hatchet or an axe or something, and he killed all the pigeons in the barn because he didn't want... Wait, was it with a hatchet? It was with a hatchet. Okay, she did it. No, yeah, she did it with a uh, axe. She killed them with an axe, and he killed her pigeons with a hatchet. Mm-hmm. And um, I think his reasoning was that he like he didn't want animals coming and being like attracted by the birds and uh, attacking like their property, or he didn't mm-hmm. want like kids like trying to like kill the birds or right. something. It was some like you know bullshit reason for why he would have killed these birds. I mean, whilst I understand like I have concerns about birds, I'm not just gonna murder them. Right. With a hatchet. Like what the fuck? First of all, if you're gonna murder them, snap their necks, they're birds. They they break like twigs. You don't have to take a hatchet. Like it feels like overkill. It does. It feels like he was sending Lizzie a message because she did something that he didn't want. Mm -hmm. So he brutally ripped it away from her. So she brutally ripped away his life. Men. They don't deserve rights. No, we don't. (laughs) So she was devastated by this action of his. And they had this huge argument over it to the point of where Andrew then sent both of the Borden sisters on like an extended vacation in New Bedford. Even then... Like, at the end of their little vacation, Emma came home immediately. Lizzie, upon turning to Fall River uh, about a week before the murders, she stayed at a boarding house for four days before coming home. She's still pissed. She was pissed. She wasn't ready to see her father yet. And I full-heartedly believe that she sat in that boarding house and drafted up a plan for yeah. getting rid of her family. Um, How hard is it to get pigeons at this time? Are they, like, pretty... Pigeons? Yeah. 
I want to know if she like did she catch the pigeons? Did she buy them? I think that they had just kind of like settled in the barn and she okay. like decided to build a nice little home mm-hmm. because she Keeping loved animals it. and she just like yeah. she was like if you guys are they were already living in the barn mm-hmm. she wanted to just try to make it a little bit more comfortable to take care of them and her father was like oh, you want pets I said no. no no I was wondering if they were just like if they were like if she had like gone out of her way to like a different city to buy them no no or no if, like, Andrew Ford never would have let her. Oh, so frugal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Your note, your note. Oh, okay. So (laughs) I have a theory that I do think it was Lizzie Borden who killed everybody because (laughs) simply she did not want to poop in a hole anymore. (laughs) Think about it because you either have to go to your friend's house to poo-poo or you have to just dig a hole in the back and do it in front of everybody. And her father was like, this is like the way of life. And she's like, I just want a toilet. They had an outhouse. Mm, fine. <laughs> but still. He didn't make them dig a hole every time they had to take a <laughs> shit. Like, they had an outhouse. But yes, Lizzie wanted to poop in Or they had, like, chamber pots and stuff That's like that. That's even worse, though. I know. Pots of poop? Yeah, I can't imagine being a maid. <laughs> they would be like, I quit. So, yeah, all of those things are, like, wild, right? Like, it's very clear or you would think that it was very clear yeah. that um, it was Lizzie Borden. Mm-hmm. But fun fact about it is that she wasn't the only suspect. So she wasn't the only suspect in the murder trial. She right. was the most prominent one. And she was the one that was on trial in the end. But Lizzie and Emma's maternal uncle had been staying in the house the night before the murders. Oh, I forgot about that. And he had serious beef with Andrew Borden because after their mother died, Andrew Borden basically cut ties with that side of the family mm-hmm. and, like, wouldn't, like, give them any handouts, wouldn't just give them any of his money because he was like, well, I have a new wife and I have to take care of her family. Right. And so he had major beef with Andrew Borden because he felt like he had been gypped. Uh, so the police, when they questioned him, they felt like he just was he was a little untrustworthy. He had like a word for word perfect alibi and it mm-hmm. was like too perfect of an yeah. alibi. So I find it interesting that they also like looked into him for a very long time during yeah. all of the investigation. And he's not really discussed or talked about. Mm-hmm. Which is wild to me because... There are so many conspiracy theories about this, and that's that's one of the things I want to get to later on is, like, some theories that I think happen. But that's crazy that they're just like, oh, it probably wasn't him. I know. Especially if they had beef. Yeah. Something like that. Like, how could it not? How could I you know. not be, like, super suspected about that? Super suspected. Super sus. Super sus. I mean, it's like I said before, Andrew Borden had beef with literally everybody in Paul River. Yeah. He is the Jeffrey Bezos of the time. He was, yeah. He, like, built a life for himself and then decided to fuck everybody else in the process and not mm-hmm. really share any of his wealth. Yeah. Jeffrey Bing. He just decided to invest it all instead. Yes. Um, Which brings me also to the point of, uh, at the time of his death, his estate was estimated at about 300000 Nice. And a lot for that time. Too. It was a lot for that time. And in this time in 2021, that would be estimated between nine and ten million dollars. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So like, he's not quite a Bezos for this time mm-hmm. period. But 
for his time period, mm-hmm. like absolutely, yeah. he was like the richest man in town type of deal. Yeah. After the murders, during initial questioning, right, Lizzie's answers were like really contradictory, like we talked about, and her behavior was described as being like really sketchy. Mm-hmm. She people thought that she was either like too calm or she was really fidgety and like she couldn't make eye contact with anybody. Yeah. One of her biggest concerns when they were doing the autopsies was where were they going to sleep tonight? Oh yeah. Not that her father and stepmother were being mm-hmm. cut into in the next room. She was concerned about where she was going to sleep that night. And then she had also a, a lot of the contradicting statements that she made were things like she heard a groaning or a scraping noise. And then two hours later, she immediately said that she didn't hear anything. And she thought that like nothing was wrong when she came into the house. Yeah. And then she is also the one who said that Abby might be upstairs. It's so, like, if you remember when her father first got home, she said, oh, she's out of the house. And knew yes. that immediately. So the police were questioning her when the, about her father. And they said, where is your mother? And she said, Mrs. Borden, I I think she's upstairs. I think I heard her come home and go mm-hmm. upstairs. So they go, the police, by the way, do not go upstairs. Oh, they don't? No, Maggie and um, a family friend of Lizzie Borden were the ones that went up the stairs and saw Abigail lying on the floor from yeah. the landing. So they call the police upstairs and then they be, they realize that Abby has also been murdered. Mm-hmm. Um. Despite all of this, like, going on, they kind of failed a little bit to really, like, investigate Lizzie. They did. They didn't really, like, check her person. They didn't um, check her hands for blood, really. They didn't ask her if she'd been wearing anything else that day. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think it's because she was the one who found her dad. Right. And they were like, oh, couldn't possibly have heard. She she was in distress when she saw her dad. Exactly. Idiots. <laughs> I'm glad we somewhat got smarter as we have progressed into life. Yes. Somewhat. They also failed to search her room was the other thing. Really? So like they didn't it wasn't just that they didn't really like take a close look at Lizzie herself. They failed to search the whole house. <laughs> so like they did find um two axes in the basement and then mm-hmm. they found that severed hatchet head that they believed to be the murder weapon. Yeah. Because um, they believed that the handle was broken off to hide the blood, mm-hmm. and they found the like dirt on it suspicious because yeah. it, they said that it looked like somebody just rolled it in the ash on the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Didn't they say that X was they went to get it tested and it came back as cow blood and cow hair or something like that? Yes. Yeah, so they found that uh, when they found that the hatchet head or the axe head, um, they found hair and blood on it and like. This ended up being inadmissible because the test that they did on it, it came up as cow blood and cow hair. Yeah. But, like, I bet if that was tested in a more modern forensic kind of office, uh, it, it would probably come up as, like, human blood or human mm-hmm. hair because they just didn't have the right type of forensic tests for that. I mean, it then. totally could have been she added cow blood and cow hair to, uh, like, on top, and they right. maybe only scraped the first layer because, like, it... You know, science wasn't as advanced as it is today. Exactly. Um, an interesting fact. I mean, sorry. This is also the town that we found out just, like, burnt down. Like, this started a fucking wildfire. So oh, yeah, multiple times <laughs> because they were a mill. Yeah. It's 
not all the smart people in the in this area back then. So yeah, yeah, not a whole lot of smart people. Do you remember the uh, story that the tour guy told us about the kids that set off a cannon pointing directly at the mill? <laughs> the wooden mill. The These wooden two children mill. set off a cannon, and that's what started this like ginormous fire that burned down like thousands of people's homes. I just thought all oh, this was interesting as to why they couldn't find any evidence because their town was clearly just a fucking shit show. Mm-hmm. My favorite was the wax figure story where the police oh were like, "Oh my god, <laughs> tell the wax figure story." Um, so our tour guide told us a story about how um, this building was on fire and it was um, Madame Tussauds did a traveling mm-hmm. wax tour, and so it was on fire and this guy had to bring out like twenty to thirty wax figures so they didn't melt. Well, the fire station was there putting out the fire, and the, one of the, the policemen are just like, you have to go tell these people who are just, like, chilling over there. They have to move. They're in the way of the fire. And so a cop drove up to them and was like, you guys need to move, and was frightened because they were just wax figures on the side of the street. They made the front page paper in Fall River. It did. Mm-hmm. Cop scared shitless. Oh, I love that story. That was mm-hmm. probably my favorite fun fact I learned about Fall yeah. River. Well, I, you know what's something that I, I learned from all of this is cops have always been useless. <laughs> cops still can't tell when there's actually people there. <laughs> oh, so I wanted to mention the, the fun fact that I had about the axe handle. And like you said, maybe she added cow's blood. Mm-hmm. She was seen like the night after the murder going into the cellar. And I think it might have been before they had found the actual they searched the house properly and found the axe handle or mm-hmm. the axe head. But um, she was seen going into the cellar with like a slop bucket and then later seen bent over the sink. And a lot of people believe that she was tampering with the axe head. Mm-hmm. And then she like broke off the handle and then took it up to the took the handle to the sink and like washed the handle off and buried it somewhere. Yeah. A lot of people believe that she buried it where she pooped. <laughs> Why are you so obsessed with where Lizzie Borden pooped? <laughs> I think it's funny back then that people, when plumbing was beginning to be a thing, people were like, no, I will just poop in this hole instead and <laughs> die on that. And then people were like, no, this is wonderful. You don't have to do that. And then it became standard. Thank God. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing I've ever heard of in the Harry Potter universe is that wizards before plumbing used to just shit their pants and then magic it away. What? Mm-hmm. Before there was plumbing, they used to just shut their pants and then just like um I'll go away. Scourgeify. <laughs> Imagine being mid conversation with somebody and ha- being like, excuse me a second, I have to go poop. You just, and just like, like and just like stand there and steps the... away from them and just <laughs> and the other person's like, Okay. <laughs> Two days after the murders that's when the police showed up at Lizzie Borden's house with the mayor and informed her that she was their main suspect. Then, and then the next morning, she was found ripping up and burning the dress, or like a dress. It, nobody really knows if it was the dress. She threw it in the stove or something? Yes. Uh, her friend caught her ripping it up and throwing it in their stove. Mm-hmm. And the apparently said the exact quote was, this is the worst thing that you could be doing right now. Yeah. And Lizzie claimed that she wasn't doing anything nefarious. She had been wearing that dress and brushed up against wet paint. The dark mm-hmm. stains on it is just wet paint. Mm-hmm. And now the dress is ruined. So what else does she do? Just wet red paint. That's all. 
you know, from that, that red paint over there. That was a huge piece of evidence that was used against her, was that mm-hmm. she had ripped up and burned that dress after yep. they requested to see it. Mm-hmm. She's um, like, oh, I, I burned it because I... <laughs> Because, I mean, at that time, you know, they buried their trash mm-hmm. or burned it, mm-hmm. um, which, again, dumb. Um, and so I understand why she's like, oh, I'll just burn it because I, I'm not going to bury it. And, but I, at that point, it would be like, that's clearly sus. I will give her, though, the, like, fearlessness in which she told the jury and, like, the investigators, oh, that dress, I burned it. Mm-hmm. Like, she did not have a problem telling anybody that she burned that dress, oh, yeah. which was another big reason why they were like, well, why would she tell you that she like, why would she admit that she burned that dress mm-hmm. if she was hiding something? Right. I want to know if it was something like, oh, well, they can't possibly think I did that because this is what normal people do. Mm-hmm. Even though like in the court of law, they're like, uh, that's us. That's evidence. Like you yeah. just burned evidence. So she appeared at the inquest hearing on August 8th. And they it said that she was refused the family attorney because there was a state statute saying that the inquest had to be private. So it was okay. just Lizzie in the room mm-hmm. and they were uh, giving her morphine. Yeah. And which led to her story to get to be like confused. She couldn't keep her facts straight again. Um, and it said that it made her really erratic. Also, like mm-hmm. she got really emotional. Um, they had to restrain her at one point. And then she, well, I mean, she said things like, you know, again, she was reading a magazine when her father got home. Yeah. She came down the stairs when her father got home. Uh, she was ironing. She mm-hmm. was in the barn. All of these things. Um, the biggest thing, and I think this is so clever, the tour guide also pointed this out, Ryan, he pointed this mm-hmm. out, like, in the Lizzie Borden house right now, there's glass pears everywhere. Yeah. Because... Part of her testimony when she said that she was in the barn is she was like, oh, I was just eating pears out in the barn. Yeah. And the investigators were like, oh, what the fuck? Why were you eating pears out in the barn? Right. <laughs> Why would you be doing that, Lizzie? And she was like, I don't know. I was just hungry and I was eating pears out in the barn. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Okay. So she was like very erratic, very shaken at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, But she was arrested on August 11th and... The interesting part was that the grand trial began hearing evidence on November 10th, and she was indicted on December 2nd. So that was almost like six months Mm -hmm. after the murders. And then the trial didn't even begin until June 5th, 1893. So it was like almost a year. Yeah. She spent another six months in jail, and it was almost a year after the murders when the trial officially Mm -hmm. began. So. An interesting thing, uh, always with my interesting facts and interesting mm-hmm. things. Love it. Five days before Lizzie's trial began, there was another axe murder in Fall River that was, like, strikingly similar to mm-hmm. the Borden murders. I think you'll really like this woman's name. Her name was Bertha Manchester. Oh, yes. <laughs> and she was found hacked to death in her kitchen. Just, like, Ooh. brutally murdered, hacked to death. Uh, so... For a second I don't there, this, actually. for like a second there, a week before the trial, they were like, oh, fuck, we really fucked up. Mm. Like, this is clearly somebody else. Yeah. And we've had Lizzie Borden in jail. She for was in like, jail at that time, right? Yeah, she was okay. in jail. So they were like, we've had her in jail for a long fucking time. And she clearly didn't do this. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, there was a man named Jose Carrera de Mayo. Mello? How do you spell it? M-E-L-L-O? Mayo. Mayo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Jose Carrera de Mayo was convicted of her murder in 1894. He confessed to the whole thing. Oh. Um, he, they said that they think that he was an immigrant that was working on her property. Mm-hmm. And that she either fired him or had, like, just jilted him in some way or he just decided to like kill her and rob her yeah either way he was caught and he was convicted for her murders mm-hmm. then they were like oh it's it's not him did they ask him anything about the Bordens? yeah he was found to have had like no real connection to fall river at the time of their murders oh okay so like it really was not him mm-hmm. i want to talk about how the murder weapon was uh basically deemed inadmissible mm-hmm. like it was a lot of people believed that the prosecution failed to convince the jury that that was the murder weapon mm-hmm. and that was partially because there was so much confusion over like what type of my cat's being cute mm-hmm. hi hey, sweetie. hi baby did you have a good nappy we have a cat with us my kitty cat cassie oh, bless you <laughs> anyway Cassie, you're going to speak for the... I'm going to say hello to everyone. Can I hold the mic up to her? Mm-hmm. Do you want to say anything to the podcast, fam? Anyways, sorry, she's very distracting. Mm-hmm. So, a lot of people believe that the prosecution failed to convince the jury that the axe was the murder weapon. Mm-hmm. Partially because, like, it was literally just an axe head that they found in the cellar. So yeah. they're like everyone had him at that time, too. right? Um, and then also they're like, there's no way that Lizzie Borden could have done that that many times with that like large of an axe. Yes, they're like she's literally not strong enough. How would she have done that? She's a lady. Ladies can't do that. Another problem with the axe at like the location of where it was found also was that one officer testified that he found the hatchet handle near mm-hmm. the head. And another officer immediately contradicted that information. Oh. And saying that they never found the handle. Hmm. So, like, it made it look like the police were just trying to make up evidence and make up lies to convict Lizzie just to get it right. over with. Going back to Lizzie's testimony and, like, Maggie Sullivan's testimony and mm-hmm. all of that, on um, where Lizzie would have been during all of this, um, what they eventually did land on, and Maggie Sullivan went on record saying this at the trial, was that she entered the second floor around 10.58 and left Lizzie and her father downstairs. Mm-hmm. Lizzie told several people at this time, she after she left her father, she went out to the barn for about 20 to 30 minutes eating pears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In the barn? In the barn. <laughs> like one does. Um. The interesting thing about this, though, is that there were several eyewitness accounts that placed Lizzie outside the barn at 11.03. So a lot of people think that she killed her father, went and changed, and then snuck outside so that she would be seen around the barn Mm, right before Maggie got home. Yeah. So, um, or right before she called Maggie. So, like, at 11.03, she's seen outside the barn. At 11.10 is when she calls out to Maggie and says, father's been murdered. It's a lot of sus shit with Mm -hmm. this. So much. So 
as you know, both skulls were removed during the autopsy. Yeah. They were um, reconstructed, which means that I think both bodies were buried without their heads. Mm-hmm. They had to, like, either go back in and bury them with their skulls after the trial. Yeah. I think, which, that's gross. Gross. Um, but both skulls were removed and reconstructed. And when they were brought into the courthouse, Lizzie Borden fainted on sight of them. Like, they mm-hmm. revealed the skulls, and Lizzie Borden immediately lost consciousness. And it's like a 50-50 split on how many people believe that she, like, that was the defining moment. No, you're good. Uh, that was, like, either the defining moment where she realized, oh, shit, I just killed my dad. Oh, okay. Or it was her faking it and being like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm a faint woman. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Because we all know that, like, people who have murdered other people um, seem to act differently mm-hmm. about it. Um, and some takes a long time. Some takes, some is just, like, immediate. Like, Alex and I watched a documentary about someone who murdered his family. And from, like, the get-go, he was just, like, look around, hearing. Like, apparently he was, like, hearing voices. Like, he was, like, oh, I'm hearing voices in my head. But it was really EVPs that were catching a right. little girl. So he went crazy immediately. So I can totally see this as also being, um, Lizzie being, like, oh, shit. Maybe she wasn't on her morphine. Maybe she had a clear right, head. Maybe and it was she like, was like a moment of clarity for her. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people, and again, we're going to get more into like the details of probable causes in a second yeah. here. Um, but a lot of people think that she just like, there was a moment of rage mm-hmm. where she just like, there was a solid hour in her brain where she just shut it off. She shut off her humanity. She had had enough mm-hmm. and she murdered them and didn't really hurt like, trauma was so strong that her she could not make the connection that she was the one that did that yeah until she saw the skulls of her parents in front of her so that's kind of interesting Mm -hmm. to think about yeah um so an hour and a half is all it took for the jury to acquit her they deliberated for an hour and a half and um on june 20th 1893 lizzie borden walked out of that courthouse a free woman Mm mm-hmm and upon exiting the courthouse, she was immediately swarmed with reporters, naturally. Oh, yeah. And she's quoted by several news reports saying uh, they asked her how she felt. And she said that she was the happiest woman in the world because she was free. Mm-hmm. So that's oh. a little sus, too. That yeah. She was, yeah, my dad's been dead a year, but I'm the happiest woman in the world. Because she's like, I didn't do it. So, yeah, that's like the trial of Lizzie mm-hmm. Morton. It took... Um, not quite a year for it to all be said and done. Yeah. And all of it boiled down to an hour and a half of discussion. And one of my favorite things that Torque told us was that when she was free, she went to she started going back to mass and her family had like a, their set pew. Right. And like people the people around her did not come, did not sit next to her, did not sit in their pews. Mm-hmm. Hold on a, second. a lot of them started going to a different church entirely. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, so people think that she did it. And they yeah, just, she was completely ostracized. They did not want to be associated with her mm-hmm. anymore. And I think that's when she changed her name. She did. She changed her name to Lisbeth. Yes. Yes. That's awful name. Yes, she changed her name to Lisbeth. Mm-hmm. And um, she and her sister inherited so much money. An mm-hmm. important thing to note, in case you guys don't... um. 
really realized like the nuances of how important it was that the stepmother died first. Yes. Because Abigail Borden, as we talked about, had her own family. Mm-hmm. So if Andrew Borden had died first, um, all of his wealth and fortune would have gone to Abigail's family because she was his wife mm-hmm. and therefore had first claim to any of his any of his inheritance. Yeah. So the fact that it was Abigail that died first, it meant that the sisters inherited everything. Mm-hmm. And Lizzie Borden immediately started snatching up all of his investment properties, mm-hmm. bought more properties, um, started like starting new businesses for herself. Mm-hmm. She supported artists and she supported actors. designers and actors and like would invite all of these people who at the time were considered kind of trashy. Yeah, and actors like, at this time were considered like low class. They were people. all known as like opium smokers mm-hmm. and like drinkers and yeah. actors a lot, y'all. Okay. <laughs> but Lizzie loved like that was always the dream that she had is she yeah. wanted to like live in New York. Yeah. And with all of the actors, she wanted this high profile she like she wanted that social life. Socialite life. She yeah. wanted to be like Daisy Buchanan. Mm-hmm. So um she and Emma didn't want to live in the house where mm-hmm. her family was murdered. And so they bought this beautiful like fifteen room mansion uh up the road a little bit, mm-hmm. which Lizzie immediately named Maplethorn. Maplethorn? Maplethorpe? Maplecroft. 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 So Lizzie named her house Maplecroft Manor mm-hmm. and became notorious for like hosting all of those parties. Yeah. So one going theory is that Liz, like we were talking about, Lizzie had had enough of like not just the frugality of her life and like feeling closed off from society, mm-hmm. but a lot of people believe that because she was at such like an advanced age for a woman for that time period she was 32 and unmarried she didn't Mm -hmm. have any children her sister was 41 and unmarried and didn't have any children yeah and a big part of that was because her their father refused to sign off on any suitors ridiculous he wouldn't let them court he was notorious Mm -hmm. for just keeping them at home they went to church and they came home Mm -hmm. um it's not like they like did much because they had a maid too right and so their whole purpose as being like well-off women was mm-hmm. supposed to be married off and have like starting their own families. Yeah. So a lot of people believe that because their father was keeping them from doing that, he might have been abusing them yeah. physically and sexually because mm-hmm. it, like why else would he not want to marry his daughters off? Right. If anything, that would just increase his fortune and pass on along the family name of Borden. Like, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah, it seems weird. Well, I guess that it someone... wouldn't pass along the Borden family line, but it would pass along his bloodline. Yeah, and that seems a little suspicious to me in some way because someone that prominent and that rich would want to do that. Right. Especially in that time period. Although a lot of people who are, like, they don't really support the abuse theory. Um, yeah. They say that he didn't want them having children because he didn't want his fortune being squandered by family. Mm-hmm. So like if we know he was frugal too. Right. So like if his daughters got married, he had to give their families money. Like a dowry or something. Yeah. Something like that. Right? He had to give like their husbands money, and he yeah. had to like help with their children. Provide for have. them too. Right. And he didn't want to do that. Mm-mm. Which is also fucked up. Yes. Especially if you um, have that much money. Right. So that was one of the biggest theories was that he was abusing them, and Lizzie just fucking snapped. Mm-hmm. And was just living her best life afterwards. Um, An interesting fact, though, is that after one of the many, many, many parties that she threw, she and her sister Emma had this huge fight. 
and they never spoke again. Emma moved out and they never spoke. She moved to New Hampshire. She changed her name as well. And mm-hmm. it was their rift was so big that after Lizzie died, Emma didn't know that mm-hmm. she died. Our tour guide mentioned that last night yeah. too. Like she had no idea that her sister died. And then and then she died nine days later. Yeah, that's ridiculous. They're nine years older and they died nine days apart. Nine days apart. It's weird. So weird. I wonder if there's any more nine connections in that family. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'll look it up. Um, it's time to talk about our favorite theory mm-hmm. over why Lizzie murdered her family. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're, we're called ghost gays. Mm-hmm. We love all sorts of theories. But this one is so much fun to think about. Mm-hmm. It's kind of tragic. I think this is tragic, one of my favorite ones. Yeah. But um, Ed, Mc, uh, Ed McMain wrote a book called Lizzie in 1984. And he re- he's really the one that brought this theory to, like, the popular light that mm-hmm. it's in. But he initially believed that Maggie Sullivan and Lizzie Borden were in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And he believes that... Uh, Abby Borden was either told by Lizzie in like a fight that they were having or and like rejected it immediately and was like, you're going to hell. You're a sinner. I'm going to tell your father and you're going to be like shunned. Yeah. And she killed her in a fit of passion or um, she, they were just caught. Yeah. And uh, she killed her in a fit of passion. Mm-hmm. So he believes that Maggie and Abby or um, Maggie and Abby, <laughs> <laughs> Maggie and Lizzie were in a relationship together. Mm-hmm. And some interesting things about that that kind of like support that is that like Maggie Sullivan, after the trial, she was let go by the Borden family. Yeah. But she and she like moved to Montana and started working on a farm. She did get married to a man. But on her deathbed, she told her sister that she changed her testimony at the trial to protect Lizzie. Yeah. Which like, why would she do that? Mm-hmm. I, you could argue that maybe it's because. The Bordens had been very kind to her. Yeah. Lizzie had been like a good friend and a confidant. Mm-hmm. But like, I know Lizzie was very nice to her. It was a very high profile murder trial and she could have been jailed for perjury. Right. And I like that because in, I, th- I believe in like the TV show version of, of the story where it's the same actors from the movie and the TV show, which is <laughs> wild. Ricci. Wild. Um, she but, plays a good Lizzie. She does. And I think her mother like scorns her for being so friendly to the maid mm-hmm. and just been like, why are you being nice to her? And I've always always like that. That makes sense that in some way that this maid probably could have helped out, changed her testimony, could have. Um, one of my favorites is that she the door wasn't jammed. She was putting her foot up to the door, mm-hmm. holding it. So it went open. And, and that's a reason why Lizzie was giggling. It's because she's like, oh, my God, she's actually doing it. She's actually like, oh, no, the door is jammed sort of thing. Right. And I I love the theory that they worked together and protected each other. Mm-hmm. And especially I love the the I love that they might have been in a relationship or together. Right. Yeah. Um. A lot of people also believe that uh, Nance O'Neill, the actress that was, like, so famous in that time period, mm-hmm. was one of Lizzie's closest friends yeah. after the trial. A lot of people believe that they were in a relationship together mm-hmm. as well. So I think that that's, like, it's continual, like, evidence. Lizzie always favored women over men. Yeah. Lizzie always had, like, these very close relationships that were kind of frowned upon because, mm-hmm. like, they were so cozy and close. Yes. Um, even the the family friend that saw her burning that dress, they were kind of rumored to be like childhood sweethearts. Yeah. Because they were so close and mm-hmm. so cozy they grew and up like together. always yes. seen holding hands and like giggling and walking through town. Mm-hmm. 
And then speaking of Nance O'Neill, it was actually a party of hers at Lizzie's house where they had that huge fight. Yes. And so um, a lot of people believe that Lizzie either told Emma about her relationship with Nance O'Neill, and Mm -hmm. that's why Emma left, because she deemed it too scandalous. She was like, that's it. This family has had enough scandals. Mm -hmm. I can't handle it anymore. I'm done. We're done. Um, and then a lot of people also believe that it was after that party, like in a fit of rage, Lizzie was like, well, maybe I did kill father mm-hmm. and like confessed to her crime. And Emma was so horrified that she just never spoke to her sister. again. Yeah. Which is also understandable. Mm-hmm. Like that's understandable. Yes, I get that. Um, but nonetheless, like it was 1905. The last time they saw each other, uh, Lizzie did go on to die June 1st, 1927. Um, she died of, Complications? Complications from a gallbladder search. She got yes. pneumonia after getting her gallbladder oh, removed. Yeah. yeah. So she died of pneumonia in 1927. Lucky for her, it was like right before the stock market crash. So like she still died a very rich woman. Oh, yeah. And um, she split her estate that was worth almost $4 million at, a t- at that time. Mm-hmm. She gave a lot of it to charity, actually. Hmm. Um, And then deeming like she kind of (laughs) it's a little messed up but like she kind of picked and chose her favorite people that she had in her life and Mm -hmm. gave them like an amount of money depending on how much she liked them (laughs) i mean i get that i would have done the same some people like a hundred thousand dollars and she gave some people like five thousand dollars but like it was all split up and she like actually gave away her wealth at the time of her death Mm -hmm. um which was like People were kind of shocked by that because they thought if she had murdered her family for the money, then she would have just been like selfishly keeping yeah. all of the money. Exactly. Um, and then at, like we talked about just now, Emma died nine days later mm-hmm. on June 10th um, and she had moved to New Hampshire and eventually ended up in like a nursing home, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I guess she like 60s. fell and <laughs> broke her hip. Yeah. Yeah. She died after she broke her hip. And despite the fact that they hadn't seen each other in over 20 years, they were still buried next to each other at the mm-hmm. Oak Road Cemetery there in Fall River and with the rest of the family. And she never knew that Lizzie had died either. So an interesting theory that I've talked to some people about that um, a lot of people believe that the thing that caused Emma to fall down the stairs like that mm-hmm. and receive such a serious injury is that she might have seen an apparition. <gasps> Of Lizzie. Of Lizzie. Lizzie might have visited Ooh. her from beyond the grave. Ooh, what if it was like Lizzie and her parents that came all to and she was like, What the fuck didn't tell? A lot of people believe that it was a sign that she was gonna die that night either mm-hmm. way. And that it might have been her family or Lizzie that was trying yeah. to like guide her to the other side and startled her so much that she fell and mm-hmm. injured herself and died either way. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. that's fun. Yeah. It's very weird that they died so close to each other. Yes. Or like in time. It just, I mean, we believe in ghosts, so I... Obviously. I like that theory. I do, too. One of my favorite theories about the Lizzie Borden murders, or family murders, is that it was the uncle who was staying, right? John Morse. Mm-hmm. And one of my favorite theories is that these two would kind of, like, canoodle together and, like, talk about Andrew mm-hmm. together because they both fucking hated him. And I have... a like, there's a whole big theory that they, like, met and planned out this entire thing. Mm-hmm. But they were like, oh, since you're staying, you probably won't get 
you won't be involved with this. Like, yeah. So going off of that, um, I've heard accounts of John Morse actually visiting Lizzie at the boarding house that she was mm-hmm. staying at before she returned home. Yes. He's the one that came and convinced her to return home. Yeah. Those four days, like, come home, we'll kill him. Mm-hmm. We'll kill him. I wonder if he was. I wonder if she. If they, if they did this, I wonder if like like oh don't worry like they won't they won't do anything to you at all like they're not gonna put you in jail at all. And she was in jail for so long. I wonder if that was like convincing to her in a way, but like really he was just trying to manipulate. Throw her under the bus type of yeah, thing. Yeah, just like murder them. We'll yeah. work together. Um, I I like these, and I personally I do believe that she killed. Mm-hmm. the family in some way shape or form but i still i i firmly believe that there was someone helping out in like a, in some way whether it be the maid the uncle her sister i think unfortunately lizzie had was like so repressed mentally mm-hmm. and like so traumatized by things that had happened in her life that she might have been just a little mentally unstable to pull the whole thing off by herself yeah i get that mm-hmm. especially with like her like evidence tampering and yeah everything like she couldn't really like think she straight. did some really stupid things mm-hmm. she could have been caught by the police burning that dress and oh, yeah like it would have been immediate jail you know, they would have been like what the fuck are you doing oh yeah i remember when we went to the lizzie borden house the first time we toured it and the guy was like okay so she said she couldn't she didn't hear her mother fall out of bed or anything like that mm-hmm. and he's like i'm i'm like around the same way i'm gonna go fall out of the bed you, just, you go stand in the kitchen and we heard this giant crash, and I looked at you and went, she did it. She did it. Yeah. And I was just, like, fully convinced. And I still am to this day. Although I really would like, in the future, for someone to be like, oh, yeah, we actually figured it out. It was the neighbor. Or it was this person. And yeah, I'm going to feel now, so bad. Even though they never officially jailed anybody permanently for mm-hmm. the crime, Lizzie Borden is still the main suspect yeah. in that crime. Mm-hmm. Um. They were never able to tie any of the other suspects that they, because it wasn't just Lizzie and John that they looked into either. It was like business partners. It was yeah, they looked other lot. family members. They looked through everybody in Andrew's life because mm-hmm. he was not a well-liked man. No, he wasn't. And that's one reason I think that Lizzie, if she did it, which I think she did, like was able to pull this off because there were so many people so who many did enemies. not like him. Yes. Yes. And at that time, it's not you just like don't have like a little tiff with someone. Like if you hate somebody, you fucking hate them. You double. Like it's one of the. It's like it's like that shit. You know what I mean? Like you, there are like especially if you're that wealthy, you probably have fucked over people to get that wealthy. Mm-hmm. Let me just say it, because, and then you do it so often, people are gonna hate you, including um, your own daughter. Oh, I want to talk about one thing real quick. Mm-hmm. Um. When we were on the tour, we had those neat little EMF readers that they gave us. So we uh, got to see the church that Lizzie always went to. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you ever go to Fall River, first of all, go see this church. It's not an operational church right Mm -hmm. now, so we unfortunately didn't get to go inside of it. But um, it's a beautiful structure. Like, go look at it at least. It's beautiful. Oh, gothic style. Yeah. Amazing. It's gorgeous. the fun fact that I have is there used to be a, a restaurant that is also no longer operational because of how haunted it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is a restaurant called the Abbey Grill that used to be attached to this church. And, like, they run it now as an event space. Yeah. But um, 
they shut the restaurant down because the staff kept like quitting over like mm-hmm. haunted encounters and yeah, all and of this thing. Patrons too. Yeah, and were patrons like... were noticing like they were getting like pushed in their seats mm-hmm. and like things were falling over at the tables, things were flying off of the bar. I think he said our tour guide said like a, a giant KitchenAid flew off. Yeah, a KitchenAid flew off. And the, and the off chef the refused show. to come back. Yeah, which like I don't know if you guys mm-hmm. cook at all, but like KitchenAids are expensive. They're heavy. And too. they're heavy. They don't just fall off. No. But the the coolest part about the story to me is that, like, we walked up to this little intersection where the church is standing, and I had my back facing the Abbey Grill portion. Mm -hmm. And I was just, like, looking at the sign, and I was looking at the tour guide and looking at the church part of it. And as he's talking to us about the church, I felt like this thing standing over my shoulder, and I was like, there's something behind me. There's something behind Mm -hmm. me. There's something standing behind me, looking at me, something. And then, like, I looked down and my EMF meter is going off a little bit. Yeah. And then he mentions that the restaurant behind us is haunted. Mm-hmm. And I look back down and my EMF meter is at, like, going off. full yeah. scale. And, like, in the danger section. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And, like, it just it kept going off until we walked away. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, and that's funny because I feel like I know, both of us have some sort of, like, weird little psychic ability. Mm-hmm. And I can also sense things kind of like that too but i don't know if you saw me but i kept just like looking back mm-hmm. at like the windows and that's usually what is what what triggers me to like if i can't look away from something and i gotta continuously look like there's probably something there and you I, you confirmed that for me yeah um but that also happened to me when we were near we were like in that industrial area where like the the fire trucks were coming through mm-hmm. Uh, when he was like, oh, they were burning, these were burnt down, I remember looking up at that one industrial building, and I was just like, I didn't see anything up there, but I just get the vibe that... The one where he was talking uh, about all of the women that had to, like, jump to their deaths, essentially? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, that was, like, before he even said that, I kept looking at that. And I was like, oh, yeah. And um, that's what happened to me the, the last time we went to the Lizzie Borden house. Yeah. We walked into the dining room on our tour, and I just my eyes immediately got drawn to like the ground near the back window, and I was just like, I'm like I thought to myself like, why am I not paying attention to this guy? This is weird. And then he pointed out like this is where they did an autopsy right here, and I was like, ah, oh. and that was kind of like that was like an awakening for me in a sense. I'm like, oh, that I felt weird. I couldn't look away, mm-hmm. and so now that's kind of like how it works for me is Mm -hmm. if I'm sensing something, I'm just kind of staring at it and just kind of like looking around. It was, it was a really cool tour because they brought us to a bunch of haunted places. Yeah. um, Because I never realized when I'm doing it until someone points it out to me or I think about it later. I was like, Oh yeah, I couldn't look away. I was just staring at this thing. Yeah. And then when you, I also thought it was a really weird coincidence and understandable because it's the night before Halloween. Mm -hmm. But I thought it was a really weird coincidence that while he was talking about that last fire mill that you were just talking about, or mill fire that you were just talking about, uh, he was talking about how the street that we were standing on is the street that all the fire trucks would have come up Mm -hmm. to like save the day. And as those words came out of his mouth, like three fucking fire trucks just came barreling down the road. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh. I was like, oh. That's a freaky coincidence. Yeah. You know, you guys, if you really want to go to Fall River, Massachusetts, because you like Lizzie Borden, I highly recommend it. Not only can you do a walking tour or a tour of the house, they do have a ghost tour you can do, too, where they bring you a bunch bunch of, like, 
or sorry, no, the ghost tour, you you hunt for ghosts in the house, and I think you go down to the basement as well. Um, the Lizzie Borden house, it is technically now a bed and breakfast, so you can actually rent out the rooms up there and stay overnight. Um, we've heard a lot about people, like, running from the house around 3 a.m. because they've seen some spooky shit and they've refused to go back inside. So if you ever get to or want to, go to Fall River. Check out the Lizzie Warden house. It's super fun. So let's just kind of chat about after the tour, we went to the house. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think we'll just really briefly speak about this because it was a lot of people. I I personally didn't really get much of a vibe there because there was people upstairs renting out. I think there was just like a lot of just different energy. There was too much energy to be able to really focus on. Yeah if it was otherworldly energy. Mm-hmm. But it was certainly very nice to like be able to set foot back in that house again and yes. just kind of like, you know, get the vibe of the boardings. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, See how they lived, because yeah. a lot of it's either um, recreated, but a lot of it is is time-specific to how... One thing that I really like about the house, if you ever go to or there, is that... Uh, the doorknobs, all of the crystal doorknobs mm-hmm. that you see in the Borden house are original. Yes. So one of my favorite things to do is to walk around the house and, like, just kind of touch all the doorknobs. Yeah. And just kind of, like, connect to the family that way. And, like, yeah. imagine them just kind of walking through their house and just casually opening, mm-hmm. opening their doors, you know? Oh, yeah. It's just a neat little way for me to kind of connect to the family that lived there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love that because I was doing kind of trying to do the same thing yeah. to connect, not so much with the door handles, but we're trying to like connect to the family as yeah. well. Cause usually when I go places like that in my head, at least I say hello mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, just like, we're just visiting again. Yeah. You may remember us. I don't know. Nice to do. be back here. Kind of a mm-hmm. thing. I would say like, remember you drew my attention at one time to the, mm-hmm. the dining room. And, of course, I took some pictures over there again. Yes, I'm so excited to see how uh, your pictures and how Alex's pictures turn mm-hmm. out. Yeah, my husband brought his really nice camera. So we should have some good, like, photographs for you guys to look yeah. at for our Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a lot of fun to be back in there. There was a lot of kind of people spread out, so it was kind of hard to, like, stay in one place. So everyone yeah. was kind of moving around. But I, I picked up a little bit of EMF energy, but, mm-hmm. again, it was hard to tell if it was, like, ghost energy or just like mm-hmm. energy in the home and that living room area um i was near the piano and it started going off for a little bit so i was trying to like follow it but it soon just kind just of kind of dissipated yeah mm-hmm. and so i kept i took some pictures over there and i did look at but i didn't see anything mm-hmm. in the photos because do you remember when we were walking around though there was that other girl that we came to like a crosswalk it was right before he talked about the the cannonball mill fire mm-hmm. and uh that girl's emf meter was like screaming yeah because that that um that place that we stopped at mm-hmm. is, was an old mall and was apparently it's super haunted. haunted yeah yeah and, and that was another one was that funny, i kind of she was like oh i'm the danger i'm the danger that was really funny and that was that was another place that i kind of kept looking up at um mm-hmm. and i did see a lot of blinking lights and i'm adhd so those things like attract me anyway but that one, that one was a weird one. I didn't like the, the energy around I that building. I did not like the vibe of that place mm-hmm. at all. And I was just like, I feel like if I look hard enough, like I could see it, like a mm-hmm. shadow or something, but I didn't because I wasn't focusing. I was just kind of like looking around, mm-hmm. around it. And it was just, I didn't really want to stay there. I'm glad when I was glad, glad when we moved on. Yeah. 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 
there's a lot of dark energy there and yeah, I was, not I was just kind of like it. itchy and like I was like, I, over there. yeah I got like kind of nauseous even like it was hard to breathe mm-hmm. I got kind of nauseous and like my chest right here started to get like really itchy and hot. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of, I feel like I got affected by the energy too, because mm-hmm. that's when I was like, Alex, you have to keep moving. And then I kind of snapped at him and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Um, uh, but then once we got out of there, I just felt, I felt better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a weird area. Yeah. The, uh, I wish we could have gone up to the rooms, but there were people staying there. So we didn't get to go up into the, the second floor or the third floor, but we had, we got to do it last time we went. Yeah. That was really fun. Cause that was I really know fun. last time we went, we got to explore it upstairs a little bit. And I remember one of the rooms I, I walked in and was like, mm, nope. And then I immediately walked out and I was like, I don't really want to go back in that room. It was, it was Lizzie's room. Yes. It was Lizzie's room. There was really, I described it as a, fuzzy energy where i was just like i felt fuzzy it i gave felt me weird like tunnel vision mm-hmm. where we stepped into that because i feel like you and i can pick up on energy mm-hmm. kind of similar similarly where we both affected at least similarly yeah. and we both were just kind of like mm, i don't know about this room yeah um but mostly the other rooms were fine that's the thing is every other room was fine i think did lizzie's room have the rocking chair in it I think so, yes. That's where the the Reiner tour guide told us a story about the old owner who was yes. sleeping there and saw the chair not only rocking but moving forward towards her, and she ran out of the house screaming. She slept in her car. Yeah. And, and then Zach Braggins um, from Ghost Adventures yeah. is another notable person that they brought up that has spent the, or attempted to spend the night in the boarding mm-hmm. house, and he left also screaming yeah. and refused to reenter. Yeah. And I was like, okay, if Zach Vegans is going to run away screaming, like, that's going to scare the shit out of me. Because he may have seen an apparition of someone with no face, with, like, an axe face or something. You an know what ass I mean? face? Axe face. Oh. An ass face. <laughs> <laughs> the house give, can give off some weird energy in certain rooms. Mm-hmm. But I think, like I said, there was, it was kind of hard to pick up when we went there this time because there was so much energy from the other people in the room. Overall, we had a great time. It was fun. I learned some new stuff. I I get to go there with my best friend and my husband. Yes. I love it. My husband was like, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting scared. I'm like, well, we paid for it, so you're fucking doing it. So. We got those cute little keepsakes, too. Yeah, little Georgie. We got little, these little stuffed ghosts named mm-hmm. Georgies. I love um, my Georgie. I love my Georgie. Mine's back at the hotel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, do we want to talk about anything else? But I think I have that was all the stuff that... That's all I got. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to this episode. We hope you get out to the Lizzie Borden house. We will post the website in the in the show notes. Yeah. Um, feel free to... Like, honestly, if anybody here in Massachusetts wants to go see it, go see it. It's so interesting. Honestly, like, it's so worth it. It's only about $25 mm-hmm. per person for... Uh, like a full tour. Yeah. And like, even if you're not into the paranormal or like don't believe in ghosts, it's still an insane story. Like it's a beautiful nugget of history. Mm-hmm. Like she was one of the first women on trial for murder. She was one of the, I think she was the first woman who was like acquitted for the defense argument being mm-hmm. she's a woman. Yeah. Um, And like, it was one of the most n- notorious murder scandals of that like year yeah i mean fall river up until that point had been such a quiet sleepy little like just 
Mm-hmm. Everybody there was just conservative. They were nice church-going, mm-hmm. borderline Puritan people. Yeah, murders weren't a big thing. Murder was not. But yeah, murder just, like, it wasn't the main pastime. No. Of Fall River. Um, or at least not with that class. Exactly, yeah. You know, I'm sure there was some sketchy parts of town where yeah. some sketchy shit happened. But, like, those weren't the type of people that were involved in any of that sort of thing. No. So, yeah, if you're ever there, go check it out. You will not be disappointed. Whatever yeah. you do, you will have a really fun time. Stay there. I want to stay there so bad. I, I think stay there so next time bad. we go back there, we should rent a room out. Mm-hmm. I want to run screaming from the house because of what I saw. I want that. I want to see something in that house. Well, we're going to go to the Omni Parker house today. I want to play the elevator game. Let's do it. Okay. If a woman gets on, I'm going to call Alex. But can you come save us from going to an alternate university? <laughs> Just text me. Be like, I think I might be getting sucked into an alternate dimension. I love you. Goodbye. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Take care of our cat. Please don't let him starve. Please don't let him starve. He won't. Follow us on Instagram at Ghost Case Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Ghost underscore Gaze. And if you have any spooky stories, send them to ghostgatespodcast at gmail.com. Please send them. We need someone to talk to. We get bored with ourselves. All right, friends. Stay safe. Stay spooky out there. And if you see a ghost, who are you going to call? Lasagna Borden. No. (laughs) The Ghost Gaze. Mommy, let's you. Mm-hmm.